is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So, good morning. Wow. I'm surprised there's so many people here. Half my family's at, uh, in France um, doing... Uh, uh, enjoying the Lord this morning, uh, spring harvest over there and, and doing lovely things. So, uh, And I know one or two families from the church have gone as well, so uh, I was expecting half term, you know. But look, there's a crowd here. Wonderful. Super. Prophecy. So before I put my things on here, I've got a job for you to do. Isn't that great when it's interactive? No pressure. Right? Uh, but uh, life is like that with, with God, isn't there? So in my preparation over the last few weeks about looking at prophecy and uh, who should prophesy, uh, I felt God saying, well, it's something for the body to do. So the body of Christ, family of Christ is us. It's you. So if you're here today and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Saviour, then prophecy and prophe prophesying is something for us all. Right? So, um, and you'll see that as some of the scriptures come through. You might think, well, I haven't got a gift of prophecy, but does God speak to you? Um, Graham last week was talking about being filled with the Spirit, and before I get into my preaching without notes, uh, I want to say at the end of my preach, which is uh, going to be about 24 minutes now, 24 minutes, because I've got half an hour, but I want to leave time. I want to leave the fast five minutes for the things that God has spoken to you this week. Right? So you were all filled with the Holy Spirit last week, etc., and therefore God would have been speaking to you in your quiet times, in your prayer times, in your scriptures and so forth. And I felt God wanted you to share some of those encouragements with us. So I'm going to have an open microphone. It's going to be really risky. Open microphone this morning for people to come up and share some of the things that God has said for the last five minutes. All right? Now that might spread into a little bit of coffee time, but... but I, I, I'm not looking after children this morning. So. No, no, we will help um, and make sure that we do this in an orderly fashion so you can do that and go and get your children. But I wanted to warn you that that was coming at the end. Okay? So I'm going to give you a moment or two's quiet now. So you can let God bring to mind some of the things that he's been speaking to you about this week. So I'm going to get my bits and pieces ready whilst you just perhaps close your eyes and give God time to speak to you. So, what does God say about prophecy? I want to remind you that back in the room is what this series is targeted at. So, whether you're online this morning or whether you're here in this room, one of the things, that the challenges post-COVID was to remind ourselves about what does 
a meeting of Christians, what is it supposed to look like? What does this church and the way we interpret scripture, what, what does that say about us meeting together? Back in the room, so we were online, and if you're still online, bless you, great, it's wonderful. But what we're trying to look at is when we're in the room together, what does being a Christian and the family of God, working together, the experience of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in, in our worship and in our preaching, etc., what does being back in a room look like? Because we went for nearly two years with, without much of that. Uh, and uh, meeting outside was wonderful, etc., and that's an expression. But looking back into authentic New Testament Christianity, and what should that look like? So uh, we had David Ash looking at uh, our identity in Christ, and hopefully you've all got those cards. I read those scriptures every day now. It's just so good to be refreshed by who we are, who God is, what are the promises of God for our lives. So that was, uh, David Ash did that one. Graham last week, being filled with the Spirit of God. Uh, I did say to Graham afterwards, hey, some of that scripture I'm bringing next week. So um, why? Because when you look at prophecy, where does it come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit of God. So I've only got three points. So instead of a four-point sermon today, you've got a three-point sermon. We needed time at the end, obviously. Uh, so what does this look like? What does God say about prophecy is my first point. Number two is going to be what is prophecy and who should prophesy. And number three, some helpful guidelines when you do prophecy, when you prophesy. So what does God say about prophecy? Well, Joel 2, verses 28 to 30. This is what was prophesied in the Old Testament about uh, a time. All right? And it says, and afterwards, because it's talking about other than the Old Testament times, there was going to be a New Testament times. If you know your history, then for about 300 years in Israel's history, there was no, virtually no prophecy. Not as we would call it today. There was a period of quiet. All the prophets and so forth, you see the Old Testament and so forth. But then for about 300 years, there was virtually nothing. And then Christ was born. The fulfillment of all the promises of wonder that was predicted uh, that the Saviour was coming and a new, brand new thing was going to happen. So this is what the prophet Joel was saying. He said, uh, afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Um, could you put your hand up if you're not part of all people? That's everybody. So, your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servant, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth. So here's the, here's the prophet Joel foretelling an amazing time to come. An absolutely incredible time to come. So uh, what does God say about prophecy? Well, he's, he's declaring it in the Old Testament. Here's how all the pointers, of, all the Old Testament pointers, point to the New Testament. They point to the arrival of Christ. They talk about the character of God in Christ and all that he was going to do for us. So many prophetic wonders. So here was this pro prophetic promise of the new covenant people of God. 
So when Christ came, there's a brand new covenant. Here's about half a dozen scriptures, uh, preaches being mentioned on this uh, in here. We could we could take any one of them and go off at a tangent, but I've promised myself no tangents today. So here we are, a new covenant people. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're part of the new covenant people. You're part of the family of God. So this was the promise of what was going to happen when the Holy Spirit was poured out. So in Acts 2.14, Graham read it last week, uh, Peter stood up with the eleven. So the tongues of fire and all those amazing things had happened, etc. And uh, the, 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 the building was emptied onto the streets and uh, uh, here were all these amazing New Testament Christians going out onto the streets full of the Holy Spirit for the first time in history. And Peter stood up with the eleven. So here's all the apostles standing up together. And this is what, um, what, what Peter says in Acts 2, 14, right the way through um, to 18. It says, These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. Prophecy is one of those amazing gifts that um, Graham talked about being filled with the Spirit, and then we see an outpouring of gifts, we see tongues, we see... uh, not here to list all the other gifts, because we're talking about prophecy this morning. So, the the question really started off, what does God say about prophecy? It's great that he talks about it in the context that when he poured out his new Spirit in this new covenant people, that all could prophesy. And in fact, Paul in Corinthians 1, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, he, he makes this statement to the people of Corinth. Follow the way of love. Now, I love that because actually, follow the way of love. Whenever we're moving in the gifts, we should always follow in the way of love. Uh, if it doesn't pour out of love, then actually we shouldn't be operating in the gifts. All right? So, but here it is, verse 1, it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit. Especially, especially prophecy. So uh, when we're having a look at this, uh, here's Paul declaring to a whole church, a whole church, you're all part of the church here in Derby, here you are, and God, and Paul would be saying to you, hey, church, desire spiritual glyphs, especially that you would prophesy. So I'm challenging and calling to you this morning and say, when you were filled with the Holy Spirit last week, I wonder what you were asking for. I wonder what that was going on in your thinking. I just want another, another filling of you, Lord. Now, that's quite a selfish thing that I do regularly. Just saying, no guilt here. Hey, it's all good to receive from God for you. Because as a loving father, God loves to fill you for you. Because he loves you. Honestly, truly, truly, 
over, overflowing love for you. In the same way that we were declaring our overflowing love to the Lord, and it's not the screen that we're, we're worshipping, it's the Lord God Almighty, isn't it? And in the same way we're declaring that, he loves to declare his love to us. And one of the ways he does that is through prophecy and the gift of prophecy. And here we should be desiring that when we say, fill us, Lord, we should also be asking for gifts. How many of you know how to give good gifts to your children, to your loved ones, people you care about, etc.? In fact, it's really lovely, isn't it, getting them a surprise, that you know that they will really be excited about. Believe it or not, God, God loves to do that to us, because we're his children, and he loves to absolutely delight us and surprise us with the wonderful things he's got in store for us. It's just, that's the sort of God he is. So what does God say about prophecy? And here we have all this scripture saying that uh, he's going to pour out his Holy Spirit and there's going to be prophecy, there's going to be dreams. I just loved it when, when Tim was declaring that someone came to him this morning and said, I had a dream and you were in it and you're, you'd lost your ears. <laughs> I, I just <sighs> dream dreams. Sometimes God will give you a picture, he'll give you this, that and the other, etc. And we, we come to this at the, at the end about guidelines. But actually... Quite often, just share what God's given you because it could really mean something to the person you're giving. You might not even know the context. I just had this picture around. That is just so good because I've been feeling. We don't have to interpret ourselves, just get a sense that God's in this and you can share it with someone and suddenly it can change their life, transform their life. But sometimes it's risky. just want to say that. So what is prophecy and who should prophesy? I want to make a distinction this morning. Um, yeah. I want to make a distinction this morning between Old Testament prophets and what the apostles did and what most of us do when we prophesy. So I'm on this side. Here I do, I, I prophesy. And then on, on this side we've got Old Testament prophets and the apostles. All right. So and why am I making that distinction? Well, because in the Old Testament prophets, when they brought the thus saith the Lord word of God, the God-breathed word, it was scripture being spoken out by God. Unadulterated, error-proof, this was perfect word of God. That's how we got scripture. When we have a look at the New Testament prophets, well, who are they? Well, actually, it doesn't talk about them in that context. What we see is that unperishable, perfect word of God was given to the apostles, and that's who you see writing all the Gospels and the New Testament writings. And in Revelation, it tells us that it came to an end, that this word is complete. At the end of Revelation, in fact, shouldn't it do it right at the end of the book? <laughs> at the end of Revelation, it says... This is the end, right? So this, is, this now word is now complete and it's finished, etc. So when I'm looking at modern-day prophecy, better go over this side, modern-day prophecy, the thing that what, how we are spoken to by God, all right, it's God having conversations with us in a personal way, in a lovely way, etc., to build us up and to build our relationships up, to be able to fight the battles we're going to fight, etc. But it doesn't have the same weight the Old Testament and apostolic teaching does in Scripture. In fact, when we're having a look at uh, the, the safeguards, really, whenever we get and receive prophetic words, we should always weigh it against 
the perfect word of God, which is Scripture. Always. Because God isn't chaotic. He's always consistent. He's always perfect, etc. So there, there's a significant difference in that. And that's one of the reasons why when we do look at... Uh, uh, I won't get into it. We're going to come to that piece. I'm oh, jumping ahead. So the thus saith the word, um, a piece of imperishable scripture, is not what I, on a Sunday morning, if I come up here and start saying, oh, I think this. All right? It's for people to weigh, etc. In the same way, you didn't have any ears that piece this morning. I was so grateful for that this morning because it helps really put into perspective that it's not my responsibility in some respects to, um, to, to always think that I know how it will affect someone. You know, if I've, I've got a courage word, etc. Uh, today we receive from the Holy Spirit uh, his glorious revelation. Now you might think, oh, Paul, <laughs> I've never had a prophetic word. Actually, I haven't got the gift of prophecy. Never had a prophetic word, never had a gift of prophecy. Oh, okay. Um, so that means perhaps I don't receive, I don't, I don't hear from God. All right? So you might be sitting in that place this morning. Having never come forward with a prophetic word, an encouraged word, don't forget I am going to get you all, no, it doesn't have to be all, but all of you to come and bring what God has said to you. I know that if you are here today and you are born again and you know the Lord Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, that you move in a gift of revelation. Absolutely certain of it. That's, I am truly certain of it. Because I know that the Holy Spirit must have given you a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. Because you can't get to know it on your own. So that revelation came to you. God must have revealed to you something of your sinfulness. Because actually that's what the Holy Spirit does. So you can see your need for Jesus in your life to be born again. And then you must have received from the Holy Spirit a gift of faith so that you could actually make the prayer of salvation. Because of yourself, you can't have it. It must be a gift of the Spirit. So to be born again, I know this morning that you've heard from God. That God spoke to you and you heard, you listened and you obeyed in faith to become born again. So I know that. So what's changed then? Because the Holy Spirit hasn't stopped talking to you. He doesn't say, oh, you're saved now, I don't need you anymore. That's not what happens. God says, you're saved now. Let's go on the journey together. Let's talk. Let's have some dialogue. Oh, tell me about all the issues in your life so I can come in and help you and heal you and build you up, etc. So I know that's how the Holy Spirit-filled life is. In your life, in my life, how do we live a life of holiness and righteousness? Now, hey, I, I'm not saying that's all my life because, you know, I have to come to God regularly for forgiveness and so forth. But if I am going to live a holy, righteous life, it's by the Holy Spirit working in me, joining with this wonderful word of God and in partnership, they create holiness in our lives. So here we are. Who should prophesy? And what is prophecy? So I'm putting the two together, really. What is prophecy? It's the Holy Spirit's prompting. 
It's the Holy Spirit's revelation. Uh, and it can come across. Um, I was reading a, a book by Rick Joyner, um, and he's just this amazing prophetic guy. And, uh, and he talks about prophecy and what does that look like. And I found it quite helpful to have a number of things that it could come across as. So uh, it could be uh, dream dreams. That's one of the things it said, wasn't it? In Joel, he says, your, your, your young people will dream dreams. Well, we can all dream dreams, can't we? It's not just for young people. Your old men, who are they? <laughs> so it, all it does is, is unpack this idea that in dreams... The, in prophecies which might come out of you've got something uh, in you that, that you've got this, this, this whole idea and you need to verbalise that God is saying X, Y and Z. So uh, I had a, a couple of things. I was asking God for examples this morning. It's always good, isn't it? Yeah. And he's faithful, so he always tells you. Yeah. All right? So one of the things he told me was just one word, all right, just to keep it as simple as possible. He put a word in me, and I was sitting down there, and, I thought, and it kept on coming to me again. I thought, oh, <laughs> am I supposed to bring it this morning? And I held back, because I thought, no, I'll use it in the preaching. So here is this word. The word was, um, okay, forgiveness. Forgiveness. Now, forgiveness is necessary... Why, why is forgiveness necessary? Because, what do you think? Why does anybody need forgiveness? You might be thinking this morning you need to forgive someone. Fantastic. What must they have done to need forgiving? Any? They might have hurt you. Absolutely, could have hurt you. What else might they have done? Why do we need forgiveness from God? All right. Why do we need forgiveness from God? Shout out an idea. The hurt you was one, brilliant. Sin! Oh, thank you. Does anybody else have any of that? I was hoping that we would, you know, that this would be, you know, something that's going on here, that uh, we know what sin is and why you need forgiveness. Is that okay? Okay, it's not risky here this morning because we're family. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. Why? Because Scripture tells us so. Some of us, though, now and again, we feel that we need forgiving and it's hard. Why is it hard? Well, you don't know what I've done, Paul. And those are the things that we feel guilty about that the enemy loves to put us into bondage, to sideline us and think we're not worthy. And actually, Jesus, when he was on the cross, what did he say? What a Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. They had nailed him to the cross... And he was asking the Father, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. I haven't done anything quite as bad as that, although my sin took him there. So no matter what we're in today, I really believe that God has got forgiveness in a flood this morning for anybody who needs it. Absolutely. No matter what you can imagine you could have done, not only what you have done, but what you could ever imagine doing, God can forgive that. And uh, he sent Jesus to the cross to be able to forgive that. So forgiveness. That was just one of the words. So whether you get a word this morning, I wonder what the word is on your heart this morning. It doesn't have to be. 
But prophetic word might not be just one word. It might be a piece of scripture that your favourite piece of scripture or a piece of scripture that you haven't even thought of for the last five years just leaps into your head. Then God's got a word for you today. Because I believe when that sort of thing happens, because I'm in Christ and the Holy Spirit's in me, God's in control of those. So he does bring those sorts of things to bear. Sometimes it's just a picture. It could be a picture of all sorts of things. Uh, and uh, yeah, it, whether it's to do with ears or whether it's to do with Easter eggs or Easter bunnies, different times of the year, all sorts of pictures come from the front because Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, loves to speak to us about things that are going on in our lives. Not that he's into Easter bunnies, right? but he can use the things that are going on in children's lives, in people's lives, to actually talk to us. So it can be that you've had a dream and you woke up this morning remembering it. Quite often I dream and I don't remember much of it. But if I do remember something of it, then was that something God wanted me? Was there some meaning in it, etc.? Why? Because you're a spiritual person today in line and in connection with God. So it can be dreams, it can be pictures, it can be words, it can be scriptures. It can be someone's on your heart and uh, you've got something for them. So uh, the Holy Spirit is extremely imaginative and can touch you in a way that can help others. So when we're having a look at uh, talking to us, God loves to talk to you. He loves to talk to you. You're you're a daughter or a son of the Father in heaven and the way he talks to you is through his Holy Spirit. This is the counsellor, the comforter, all the names that have given to the Holy Spirit are just lovely. I want all of those. Why? He's my best friend. And if he is your best friend, then we should be talking to him. So a couple of guidances for, yeah, finish off with a few guidelines for uh, safeguards um, are needed for you who prophesy. So if, when you come to the front, don't worry about these, we're just going to give you free reign this morning. What are the safeguards for you who prophesy? And what are the safeguards for you who receive a prophetic word from someone? The basic rules that I would normally say, if you're new to prophecy then what tends to happen is God just floods you with encouragement. Everything that's prophetic should glorify Jesus. Always. Without exception. If it doesn't glorify Jesus, it's probably just something of Paul or something of you. Because the Holy Spirit takes from the Father and the Son and gives it to us. That's what Jesus told us was going to happen when he was promising the Holy Spirit to come. Does whatever you've got on your heart conform to the heart of Scripture? And the heart of Scripture is, first of all, loving. It's holy. It's gracious. It's merciful. It's encouraging. Because the Holy Spirit does this. Now, and again, when you've grown in the gift of, pro- of the prophetic and words of knowledge, sometimes you might be given a word that could be challenging for someone. It could be. But usually it's challenging for someone because God wants them to f- experience more of his love. Perhaps something they're doing is, is, is not what he wants them doing. So when we're having a look at, when we're young Christians, usually what we're looking at is things that are loving, things that are gracious and merciful and encouraging. 
So if you're not used to um, God speaking through you to others, look for those things and grow in those things that are encouraging and will bless others. And as you grow in that and you, you discern it, then, then, then you'll feel how that works. When you're, when you're receiving something from someone, someone if I gave, uh, I was talking the other day when I was talking about this part of it, there's certain things that you need to avoid, all right? So, um, but uh, if you're receiving something, God will usually confirm something he's spoken to you about. I'd pretty much say always, really. So if someone came to me, say, today and said, Paul, I think you're going to India. Yeah, I really think you're going to India. Uh, God's got a call for you to go to India, be a prophet, be a teacher, whatever it might be, or just to just, just uh, help out somewhere. I've got to tell you, I don't think that would be God. Why? Because God's never told me to go to India. And I don't think he, my Father in heaven would tell any of you something that he hasn't first of all spoken to me about. All right? So when you're, look, when you're receiving something in the prophetic from someone, usually it's to confirm something God is speaking to you about already, which can be amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, and uh, yeah, don't, don't keep giving... Uh, yeah. So I could tell you stories, but it's, it's one of those things. Try and avoid deadlines and dates. All right? If you're doing the prophetic, deadlines and dates. God does not share his agenda timescales with us. Tells us that in scripture. Jesus says that to apostles. When will this happen? It's not for you to know. So what you tend to find is when you, if God's talking to you about dates in the prophetic, I would, yeah, don't. And if you're thinking of really personal stuff, you know, uh, walking over to someone and telling them that you believe the person they're going to marry is Dave or Wanda. You know, uh, I, I would suggest uh, that that might not be the sort of thing. Uh, that, uh, now, I'm not saying in certain words of knowledge and, and some, certain prophetic people who are at the cutting edge of that prophetic walk aren't able to do that. All I'm saying is, as, as people on this journey, starting out on this journey, right, I, I definitely think, forget deadlines and, and, and dates. Who here wants God to hurry up on certain things? Yeah, all right. So he doesn't give us dates, <laughs> all right? So uh, just, just to say. Last of all, uh, when you see this at work, um, I've got 1 Corinthians 14, verses 26 to 30, uh, 33. What then, then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when we come together, each of you have a hymn? So that's another way that God could bring prophetic. A word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything must be done so that the church may be built up. This prophetic gift is for building up. It's not for tearing down. It's always for building up. If anyone speaks in a tongue or two, at a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should speak keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. I love that idea. I've got a tongue, but I don't think there's anybody here with the gift of interpretation, so I'm just going to have a chat with God. That's great. Two or three prophets should speak, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And so when we're talking about this, so coming down the front and actually bringing a prophetic word is great. And you share it with the person leading the meeting, because the person leading the spirit meeting is in the place of a prophet and should weigh what's being brought and give you some encouragement, tell you you're going to try and fit it in, not fit it in, it doesn't fit for today or whatever. 
Someone shared with me just oh, a few weeks ago a little story about they had this word from God and it was after the meeting, what did I think? I said, I think you heard from God. Definitely, I really like that. You should have brought it. It was really good. Very encouraging, really in tune with what was going on. All oh, right. So why didn't you bring it? Well, it's a bit risky. Why is it risky? Well, you've got to go down the front and then you share it and if they don't, it doesn't fit in, you've got that walk of shame back to your seat. <laughs> and that upset me. It's not a walk of shame, it should be a walk of victory. In fact, quite often I'll come to the front, and you know I'm a bit of annoying like that, I'll come to the front with a, with a word from God, and uh, I, I, you know, I, not because I'm doubtful, because I don't know whether it will fit in or not, I'll say to the person leading the meeting, I think God's saying this, I'll go and sit down, call me if you need it. Because I'm not interested in actually coming up here and doing it, other than being obedient to God. The person leading the meeting, it's their responsibility. And if I'm walking back to my seat or you're walking back to your seat, you've been faithful. And because you've brought something to the person leading the meeting, you've just changed that person because you poured the Holy Spirit into their life and you will have affected the meeting. This is wonderful to do. A walk of shame. What a, what a terrible thing to think that others in the, in the body of Christ are thinking, mm, you got that wrong. No, we're not like that. We love you, the fact that you've gone forward. We think that was so brave of you. So please, 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 if you're thinking... So here we are, coming to the end of my time, and uh, I'm running over a little bit, actually, um, according to that. Um, So I've just got to say, what's God said to you? I warned before, didn't I? Now, I I did say to Tim... I would do this, and we'd have a microphone. And we're not going to have it weighed by the prophets. If you've got an encouraging word from God this morning that's on your heart, then you don't have to come up on here. You can come down the front here. It's, it's absolutely fine. But I'm going to give time now for people to come and actually speak into the microphone, see words that God has said. So if you're online this morning, I have no facility for you to do this. But hopefully, you know, you could, you could type it into the chat box, etc. That would be great as well. So I'm going to pause and give a few people time to either come down here or even come on the stage, whatever you think, mind the cables, etc. Uh, what's God said to you? What's God said to you? Now, it's dangerous because uh, I did this about words of encouragement on one occasion. I had about 10 people coming onto the stage and there was a queue coming. All right. So I'm sure God spoke to some of you this week and you've got words that you could bring that would encourage us. So you can come now. Yes, there needs to be another. There needs to be at least two people if there's going to be a queue. One's not enough for a queue. That's two. Can we have a queue of? You know, it's not bidding. All right, you don't. You don't. So one or two of you are thinking, can I risk it? Oh, please, please come. Please come. Don't, don't, don't think you're risking anything. 
So we're going to start this, but it's not going to finish. Those of you who've got children, I'm going to say uh, it's time to collect them and I want to honour them, all right, because they've seriously... Um, that, so, so by all means, pick up your children with your cards, etc. We're going to just have the words of encouragement and then we'll draw the meeting to a close. So over to you first. Two minutes each, no more, just to say. Uh, mine's quicker than that. Um, God has just been speaking to me about generations. And when we had the, a preach about revival, I remember asking my dad, my dad's a pastor, you know, what we, dad, growing up, we saw amazing move, um, moves of God as children and the Holy Spirit fall and deliverance. And it's just wonderful what we grew up seeing as children. And I want my children to see the same. I want them to grow up in Jubilee, just seeing God really move and for the Holy Spirit to be upon them, for them to be speaking in tongues. So I just wanted to encourage mums um, and dads, but mums were on my heart, about just talking with your children about the Holy Spirit and the gifts of prophecy and um you know, the youth team do it brilliantly, but it's really important for us to do it as moms as well because don't we want our children and our young people just seeing a move of God as a normal thing and seeing God's power? Um, so, yeah, we want it to be generational, don't we? We want to see God move. So, Amazing. I just want to share something really quickly. Um, so recently, Rich and I had the opportunity of, well, we have the opportunity to go on holiday, just the two of us together, which is something that hasn't happened for many, many years. We're both in a place where we're extremely tired. Um, and so immediately this this came uh, came together. So immediately I'm like, I'm on the computer. I'm like searching for holiday options. I'm like a dog with a bone. You know, and a couple of nights I'm up like really late looking, 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 looking for this holiday. And then waking up in the morning, I'm shattered because I stayed up too late the night before looking for holidays. And I, and I just, I really felt, you know, I really felt God saying to me, look, I am the source of your rest. I am the source of your refreshment. I am all that you need. And, you know, we sang that song this morning, you know. He is all that we need. And there's nothing wrong with having a holiday. There's nothing wrong with having a time of refreshment. But for me, it, you know, it was a bit of a distraction. I became so obsessed with like finding the perfect holiday for Rich and myself that I was actually waking up more tired in the morning. And you know, it was ironic. It's, yeah, it's ironic. And yeah, God just really reminded me, I am the source of all that you need. I'm your rest. I'm your strength. I'm your grace. I'm all that you need. And I just, yeah, I just wanted to share that and encourage people because I, I think it's very easy to get distracted by, you know, we, we, we easily look at other things to fulfill us. But, you know, God is all that we need. Amen. Mine's very similar to Fiona's, but um, I was in the bath last night, and it's the only place in my house where I can just go and be quiet and pray. <laughs> Even then, the kids come in. But anyway, um, and I just was singing, and I just felt God say to me, just be still and know that I am God. And I don't know why I get emotional. I always get emotional at church. I don't cry at home. I just cry at church. Um, but I just felt that God would say to us, we need to be still and know that he is God and life is so busy and I just really felt that God is calling us this week to just make time to be still 
in God's presence and know that he is God. And it is as we do that, God, it, God says to you, as you are still in my presence, I will reveal more of my love to you, more of my grace to you, more of my joy. But he just, he just really wants your heart again. And he wants us to be still in his presence. And most of all, he wants you to know that he is God and he loves you. And just don't be busy all the time. Just make that space for God. And as you do that, he will talk to you and he will draw close to you. Amen. Thank you. This is modern day church. This. Right? Where everyone has a hymn, has a word of encouragement, has a scripture. This is modern day church. You know, we are a priesthood, a royal priesthood. You are all priests. All right? And church, when it comes together, back in the room, should be a... And to be honest, if there was this, this much going on, it, does there need to be the Word of God? Yes, there does. Always needs to be the Word of God. There always needs to be preaching, and that's why it's everything in order. But I would love three or four or five or six people every Sunday coming up with what God has spoken to them to prompt us and encourage us in our walk and our daily living. So let's just, could you all stand for me if you can and we'll just pray and close the meeting. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are so, so personable. You love to talk to us, you love to guide us, you encourage us, you empower us, you heal us. Oh Lord, we thank you for all that you do and we pray that you this week would empower us to be your witnesses, empower us to be the loving brothers and sisters in Christ, empower us with our minds and our prayers, in our worship, in our fellowship together. Lord, send us out in your power, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.